0: Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for bringing us here together today or to our online campus. God, you know all the needs that we have. We're coming from busy, stressful weeks. We're coming with challenges. We're coming with heartbreaks. We're coming with fear and anxiety and worry. And God, you know all those needs. And right now, we just ask for your peace to fill our hearts and to fill our minds. And let us sit here
1: calmly in your presence and learn more about you. God, we love you so much. In your name we pray. Amen.
0: Good morning, everyone. For those of you who are new here, just showing up here today, I'm the short bottle guide. that's the pastor of this church. I am Tommy McDears, and we are glad to have all of you. We thank you for coming and being with us today. Next week, we'll be adding a third service at 945, and we'd invite any of you. This team will be leading that service, and we will invite you to come and be part of that. But we're glad that you are here today, and we're excited to be able to to celebrate together. Tonight, we're going to be having a gathering on our lawn outside at uh, 6 o'clock. It would help if I had the bulletin with me. I don't. so But we'll be gathering at 6 o'clock. We'll have hot dogs and ice cream and popcorn and, and have fellowship together. We want to invite you to come and be part of that. So make your plans to be here and to be with us. It should be a, a fun time and an exciting time, and we would love to have you be part of it. Particularly those of you who haven't been here before, college students, come and join us. It'll be an opportunity to meet more people and to know a little more about our ministry. So come and, and join us as we gather for our fall kickoff tonight our scripture reading today comes from the book of Ephesians chapter 3 verses 20 and 21 I'm reading from the message today it reads like this God can do anything you know far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams he does it not by pushing us around but by working within us His Spirit deeply and gently within us. Holy God, let your blessings be upon this word today. Open our hearts and our minds that we might hear what you would have us to hear, that we might accept what you would have us to accept, that we might live into you with faith and hope, and that your love would pour into us so that our love could be made whole in you and could minister to the world around us. Make it so as we gather here today, O Lord, for it's in your name we offer it. Amen last week we started a series called created to dream i wish i could take credit for this series but i can't we're building it out of a book by rick warren of the exact same title the whole thing was mike lee's idea he's the one who talked to me about it and and got us started in this direction i asked mike to go ahead and preach this series his exact words were i'll supply the ideas you do the work I'm lying, but that's what I kind of wanted it to be anyway. Last week we talked about how locking into divine imagination is the first phase of discovering God's dream for our lives. We're created in God's image and everything that God creates comes from his imagination. And God's dream for us is to experience the gift of hope. For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for harm, to give you a future with hope. God has a plan. God has a dream for every one of us. And, and that plan is designed for our welfare. And the bottom line is to give us a life that's full of hope, both here and in eternity itself. That's the three-minute version of the 18-minute sermon that I gave last week. So I'll do the same thing next week so you don't even have to show up if you don't want to anyway it's a great way for us to begin a series to know that we are living into the imagination of the almighty if you want to have hope to have a hope-filled life you need to unite yourselves with god's divine imagination because god's imagination always produces a positive dream for our future and that's great But why is that important for us? It's important because without a dream, you aren't really living your life. Or to say it a different way, there's a big difference between just existing in our lives and actually living out our lives. Probably five years ago, somewhere in that neighborhood, we had something happen here on a Sunday morning that was a little scary, but it was a lot more revealing than it was scary. We rent our parking lots for the football games, the money that we make from those goes to the youth mission program. Everybody that rents a parking space out there is handed a set of instructions that tells you what to do, tells you what time your cars need to be moved, and it reminds you very gently that if your cars aren't moved by Sunday morning, we have to tow them because we have to have parking for our church services. Sunday morning came about 10 o'clock. This middle-aged man came storming into the church. Our family life minister just happened to be standing there in the hallway. He said, I want somebody to tell me where my certain kind of car. Yes. I had never heard of this particular make of car in my life, but I do remember that it started with an F. <laughs> mm-hmm. That man knew his car had been towed because when he came in the building, he had that set of instructions in his hand, but he was having a complete fit right in the middle of the hallway on Sunday morning. And his line was, I tried to do the responsible thing by leaving my car here because I knew I was going to drink too much last night. And this is the thanks I get for being responsible. Our family life minister was trying her very best to be nice to this guy, but she finally got tired of being yelled at. So she looked at him. She said, I think you missed a lesson here that most people your age have already learned. If you want to be doing the responsible thing, don't get drunk in the first place. The name of our towing service is on the door. Why don't you go read it and leave? He just stood there and looked at her for a minute and he turned around and he walked out and left. But then he went to our Facebook page later in the week and he just wrote this blistering Facebook message about how unchristian our church was and how he had tried to do the responsible thing, but we didn't even honor what he had tried to do. What's the point? Well, the point is he's a jerk. (laughs) But... Having said that, that's my personal opinion, by the way, folks. That's not necessarily God's opinion, though I am pretty sure it's Jesus's opinion. What's the point? The point is, that man thought he was living a good life, but the truth is he's just existing in his life because he's not connected to God's dream. How do I know that? I know that because of the teachings of Jesus. Jesus said, by their fruits, you will know them. You don't have to pass judgment on somebody like that. You don't have to pass judgment to know that they're not living the kind of life that God was dreaming of. All you have to do is just observe the fruit of their existence. Observe the fruit of the kind of life that they're living. Paul said, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are the fruits that people are to display if they are living in the Spirit of God, if they are living into the dream that God has had for them from the day they were born. Very simply, God's dream determines our destiny and it determines our dignity. It creates a purpose for living and it defines who we are as people of, of this earth. If you're struggling for direction in your life, it's probably because you have never stopped to ask God, what's your dream for my life? What's your dream for my existence on this earth? What are you dreaming for me that I have not discovered yet? I think there are two absolute essentials for having a full and meaningful life. Two essentials for having the kind of hope that Jesus wants to give us. The first one is actually giving our lives to Jesus in faith. If you want to have a full and complete life, give your life to the Lord. Start with him. Ask Jesus to come into your life and then focus on becoming what he wants you to become. Focus on becoming at one with Jesus so that your life is living out a dream that's bigger than we are. The second absolute essential is figuring out God's dream for your life. Life doesn't make sense until we're united with Jesus and until we discover why God makes made us and what he wants us to do with our lives. Now, before I go any further, let me point something out here. I don't believe that God has a specific career in mind for every single person on earth. Some people do believe that and, and they and they preach it and they, and they talk about it, but I just don't believe that. I don't think that God decided before we were born that, that Tim and Mandy were going to be music teachers or that, that 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 Jeremy Freeman was going to be a physician or that Margaret was going to be a pharmacist or that that, that Janet was going to be a nurse. or or that Nathan was going to be a mechanic. God gives all of us free choice in our lives. He gives us gifts that we can live into, but he gives us the, the right to choose what are we going to do with those gifts. It's up to us to decide how we're going to invest his gifts. I don't think God maps out every twist and turn in our journey, but what I do believe is God gives each of us the kinds of gifts and talents that he wants us to have, and then he Calls us to become a minister in the way that we use those gifts through what we choose to do for our careers or within our lives. Now, does God sometimes have a specific kind of work that he wants you to do? Yes, in fact, he does. I'm living proof of that. I went to college fully planning to become a history professor. I had always wanted to be a historian. That's what I thought I was going to do. But God called me because he had a specific plan for my life. I can tell you right where I was when that call came. I can tell you exactly what I was doing. I can even tell you how things looked around it. It almost scared me to death when that call came to me and I didn't want to follow up with that at all. But about the middle of my first year in college, I realized I was never going to be happy unless I lived into that call. Sometimes God does have a specific work for us to do. Most of the time, God wants us to use our gifts and our talents in the work that we do. He wants us to choose that work and then live it as if we are living it not only for our benefit and the benefit of our families, but the benefit of heaven itself. One of my best friends in the world is a man who owns a funeral home in my hometown. Bruce wasn't planning to go into the funeral business when he went to college. He was planning to be a physician. Not long after he started his pre-med, he realized that his gifts and talents just didn't fit the medical profession. And so he changed his major to business management, and he knocked the top out of that major. He had planned to go get a job in the business world when he graduated, but just before he graduated, it finally occurred to him, again that his dad already owned a successful business in their hometown and so when he graduated from West Georgia University he left there and he went to Gupton College in Atlanta and he did a second degree in mortuary science and then he went back home and he took over his dad's business and he turned that business into a ministry of compassion Bruce truly ministers to the people that come to him in the very worst moments of their lives and he employs a full-time chaplain that works at his funeral home who does follow up with those families in the weeks after those funerals bruce said i always knew i was called to the ministry but i knew i wasn't called to be a pastor of a church my call is to take broken hearts and treat them the way i think jesus would treat them that's my gift and i try to use it for the lord bruce has taken his gifts and his talents and he's turned it into a ministry of hope I think that's what the Apostle Paul was saying in the scripture that we're looking at today. God can do anything far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around but by working within us his spirit deeply and gently within us. Not everybody is called to be the pastor of a church. Not everybody is called to be a minister of music. Not everybody is called to serve full-time in a local congregation. But God has a dream for every single person in this world and he can take that dream and he can make it come true if we'll follow God in faith. God can do more than we could ever imagine provided the dream that we're chasing is a dream that he can bless. So how do we know for sure that our dream is a dream that God can bless? How do we know that if our dream is God's dream, it's going to become something that will be worthwhile for the world? How do we know for sure that our dream is God's dream? Or is it just something that we've conjured up on our own and we're doing our best to make God to fit in to whatever it is that we're doing? Well, one way that we can know is to ask a question. Does our dream require faith for it to come true? Back in 1980 I had just become pastor of my first full-time ministry and 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 honestly I was a seminary student but I thought I knew what to do when I got there. It wasn't very long before I realized that things were not going very well and I really wasn't sure what the next steps were supposed to be. So I prayed about it and then I went to the seminary chaplain who was this prince of a gentleman his name was Chevis Horn. Chevis had been the pastor of the First Baptist Church of Martin Virginia for 41 years. Now I know your dream come true is that I would be the senior pastor here for 15 more years. So I'll try to live into that right away. Chevis was the pastor there for 41 years. He had an amazing pastorate at that church and, and accomplished so much. And when he retired, he became the chaplain at Southeastern Seminary. I went and I sat down with Dr. Horn and I asked him if he had any suggestions for me in the days that were ahead. When I did, chevis looked at me with a very sweet smile and a very humble spirit. And he said, Tommy, I want you to dream a dream for your church that's so big it can't be done unless God is in it. And then I want you to challenge the church to Chase that dream and just watch the blessings that come from it. I wasn't even sure how to do that at that time, but I did have all kinds of respect for Dr. Horn. So I went back and I tried to do exactly what he suggested. And honestly, it wasn't an easy run. It took a while for the church to get on board with that dream. Some of them thought I was absolutely crazy when I put that dream before the church. But after a while, the church did get on board with it and the church started growing. In fact, within 18 months of us beginning that process. Process. we were one of the fastest growing churches in all of Virginia and that was amazing because that church was 11 miles from the nearest town half of the people who ended up coming to our church was driving somewhere between 10 and 20 miles to come to the church over the next six years we helped found a county-wide poverty ministry we started a meals on wheels program we we joined a regional literacy ministry and and we joined the ministry to migrant workers when I went to that church church, that church's average attendance for the first year was 72. We didn't have any children in the ministry at all. When I left it eight years later, we were literally packed into a 200-seat sanctuary. We had added two other part-time ministers. We had life groups meeting in every room of the church. We had three life groups meeting in the sanctuary. We had two meeting in the fellowship hall. We had one meeting in the kitchen. We took an office and we turned that into a classroom we had another class that was meeting up the street at the community building and we had so many babies at our sanctuary we had to take two rooms and combine them into one just so we could have a place to keep all of those children we had a dream that seemed impossible for a small church that was out in the middle of nowhere but it was a dream that God could bless and we knew it couldn't be done unless God was in it Dream a dream that's so big that it can't be done unless God blesses it. Dream a dream that it can't be accomplished unless we have faith to make it happen. The Bible says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. What that means is, if your dream can be done without faith, it's not of God. So change course. The second way you can know if your dream is from God is to ask if your dream matches the teachings of Jesus. God is never going to inspire and he is never going to bless a dream that's contrary to what Jesus taught and the way Jesus lived. When we lived in Atlanta there was a man who was friends with several of our church members around there. He used to brag about how he cheated on his taxes so he could give more money to causes that were more worthy than the government. One day one of his friends got tired of listening to him brag about that and he said Mark Jesus didn't cheat on anything so why do you think he's going to bless you for cheating on your taxes? Mark became infuriated with that and and he got up and he left but he became a lot more humble and a lot more contrite when the internal revenue service found out about his ministry of giving they visited him and his life changed after that it doesn't matter if it's your personal dream or if it's a church dream. If your dream contradicts Jesus, it's not from God. If your dream contradicts the way that he lived and the teachings that he gave, it's not from God. The Bible says God can do anything far more than you could ever imagine. And he does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us deeply and gently within us. If Jesus is the center of our lives and if our lives are focused on him the holy spirit will work deeply and gently within our souls to create dreams that'll match jesus that'll match the way he lived so measure your hopes and dreams against the lord does it match what he taught? Does it match the way he lived? Does it match the way he ministered to other people? Does it match the kind of love that he showed us that came from heaven? If it does, chase your dream. If it doesn't, change your dream. And look elsewhere. How do we do that? Well, you start by dedicating your life to God. Romans 12:1. Again, from the message, take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and dedicate it to God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. If you want to discover God's dream for your life, offer your life in faith to God. Give him your time, your talents, your money, your, your relationships, your past, your present, your future. Give it all to God and then trust God to use your life for something that's good. We're doing something today that we usually don't do at our 11 o'clock service. We're ordaining our new deacons to the ministry of the church. These men and women are dedicating their lives to, to be the lay leaders of our church's ministry and to be an example in the world of what our ministry at church is about. These people are offering their lives to God and they're trusting God to use their gifts And to use their talents, to use all that they have to try to make God's dream come true. We're ordaining three of our new deacons today. I want to invite them to come forward and and take the chairs that are right behind me. Zach Delaney is one of those. Zach, you have already seen this morning leading our worship today. Rachel Smith, and then Steve Smith. These two are not related, by the way, that's why they're sitting on opposite sides of the room. <laughs> Unfortunately, Jenny Baker couldn't be with us today because she's using her gifts and talents of singing at, a, at another place today. But all of these have chosen to give their lives through our church to the ministry of our church and to the ministry of our, to our world. Today we're going to ordain these people. We're going to give thanks for these people. We're going to bestow our confidence on them. And we're going to trust them to help guide our church's dream, to help guide God's dream for this church and for the community that we live in and that we work in. We're excited to have this opportunity. We're going to ask you all to do something also that's different today as we do this. We're going to ask you to join in this time of blessing. We have three of our deacons that are representing all of our deacon group today they're standing with these who are going to lay hands on them and then Mike and I will also lay our hands on them I'll give a word of of, of commission to them for the work that they're going to be doing Then Mike will lead us in a prayer and as we begin that prayer we're going to ask you to join in lifting your hands and offering a blessing upon them as we go forward because this is a special time it's a it's It's a special moment. It's a time when we represent God to the world and where God represents himself to us as he ordains these to the faith and as he calls on us to give our lives in blessing to the world. I want to commission all three of you to take this moment seriously, to take this time seriously, to take this calling seriously. This is truly a blessing for us to get to share this moment with you and it's a it's a blessing that god has chosen to live through you and to the world that's around you and to this church we have a i think a unique ministry to this community and we try to live into that calling and what i am asking you to do is to live uniquely into that ministry as well to do the best that you can to represent what jesus would have us do in this community to take care of this family of faith and to make the best decisions that we can in trying to minister most of all I'd like to ask you to do the same thing that I ask of all of us that I ask of the staff is to think seriously about the lives that we live when we are not in the church building and to represent very well the love and the grace that our Lord gives to us because whether we realize it or not the world is watching And the way that we live and the things that we say and the way that we treat others is going to reflect on Jesus. And I want that reflection to be the best reflection that it can be. So I commission you, commission me, commission all of us and all of this church. Let's be the best dream that we can be and let's live God's dream for the world. Mike, will you lead us in prayer? Let's join and lift our hands in blessing.
1: Oh God, we come this day to set apart these, our brothers and sister in Christ, for service in your church as deacons. We come to ask your blessings on them and upon this congregation that they will serve. And we pray that you would anoint them with your Holy Spirit to lead them as they enter into this sacred task. Oh God, we already know that they're capable. But ask that you give unbounded energy and enthusiasm and wisdom and discernment for their tasks. Help them to be sensitive to the needs of our congregation, to our community, and to the world that we serve. And in the words of the prophet Micah, help them to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with you let their responsibilities bind them more closely to you and that it would strengthen them and encourage them in their daily walk with you and may they submit to you may they submit to you that they will be more conformed to the image of Christ and grant them healthy relationships and especially to bless their families Oh God, we thank you for each one of them and ask for your leadership in their lives and for your greatest blessing to fill them with your love and with your goodness. And we pray these things in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. We
0: thank you all for being here this morning and being part of this service of worship. We ask you to come back and be with us next week and to celebrate the presence of Jesus as we continue to go forward into his dream. Now may the Lord bless and keep you and make his face to shine upon you and give you peace this day and every day, now and forevermore. Amen. God bless you, everyone.